Welcome to the Kate Take Podcast with me, your host, Kate Brown. I'm a millennial mama, wife, health and business mentor, and currently in the wonderful, messy middle, navigating the ups and downs of life, entrepreneurship, and building big dreams. At the age of 24, I decided I wanted more from life and a career and stepped into the world of building a part-time business alongside my teaching career. I was able to grow that part-time business into a full-time endeavor, and here I am seven years later. Along the way, I've had a lot of fun, I've failed, I've learned, I've grown a lot, and you know what? I want you to do the same. I know what it's like to want more from life, but not know where to start. I know what it's like to want to reach that next goal, but feel like it's taking forever to get there. I know what it's like to navigate the messy middle and try to figure out your next steps, and that's what the Kate Take is all about, to help take you from inspiration into action every single day, taking one step forward to build your dream life. Each week, I'll share my take or an inspiring guest take on life, business, motherhood, growth, and every single thing in between. All right, you ready? Let's do the damn thing. everybody. Welcome back to the Kate Take Podcast. I'm your host, Kate Brown, and I'm so honored and excited for today's guest here. I'm sitting here with Brendan Loney. Um, Brendan is a 34-year-old quadriplegic thriving in a world that he never thought could be possible. Over the years, Brendan's overcome many obstacles, and today he's going to share his story with us with us on how to truly never give up. I'm so inspired by Brendan. I went to high school with him. He's a couple years older than me. And the other day I was like, I got to get this man on the podcast to really just bring so much good energy and inspiration to our listeners. So Brendan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I, I know we talked a little bit before. This is my first podcast. So don't uh, don't judge me too hard on this one. Oh my gosh, no judgment. And I'm <laughs> actually like so honored that this is your first and probably not your last after people hear this because you've lived some life. You have lived some freaking life and um, you're so inspirational for so many reasons. Um, and, you know, one thing we were talking about too before we started recording was we're going to dive into you know, Brennan's past and kind of what led him to his current circumstances, but also really where he's going. Cause that's really what this podcast is about. It's about, you know, not taking life for granted. It's about, you know, going after your dreams. Shit's going to get hard along the way, but you keep going and Brennan, you completely embody that. So, um, before we, you know, dive into your next dreams and endeavors and things like that, Um, we're going to rewind a little bit here. So can you tell the audience about yourself pre-accident and then what kind of happened those um, 13 years ago on that fateful evening? Yeah, absolutely. So I had just finished up. I was at Gustavus Adolphus. I went there to play hockey. Um, Just finished up my sophomore year. So I was 20 years old, uh, you know, home for the summer and hanging out with some friends. I was actually at the gym. I had plans that night got off work and I had plans to do something else, but I was at lifetime ran into Tony DeMarie and a couple of really good friends of mine from Maple Grove. And they're like, we're all going up to this cabin tonight. You should come. So of course I was persuaded into this one pretty easily. <laughs> and, um, you know, that night we're just hanging out at a cabin, uh, probably 10 of us, 15 of us just enjoying the night, you know, summer nights. And so typically as we do, you know, I have a pool in my backyard. I've got a cabin, uh, you know, jumping in the lake late at night. And uh, I remember going down there. Tony was out with me. He wasn't going to jump in. Um, he was pretty crazy at the thought that I was going to jump in because it was pretty late at night. Um, I threw my towel to him as I was running down the dock. Pretty long dock, um, to my knowledge. And I dove in the water. 
uh, head first. I usually, you know, tend to do shallow dives. I don't remember on this one, but I blacked out for probably a second and a half, maybe two seconds. And then I woke up and I realized that I couldn't move any part of my body. So my arms weren't moving. I couldn't reach up for getting air. My head couldn't move. I wasn't in really any pain at the moment, uh, but I was inhaling water through my nose. And the strange thing about it is I must have been in some sort of shock because I didn't have any real panic. It was more so, oh, shit, what's going on? Mm -hmm. You know, why, why can't I move my arms? Why can't I lift my head? Why am I not getting air right now? Um, you know, you hear about the stories a lot of times about the lack of oxygen to your brain kind of hitting that euphoria. Um, I was very close to that, to my knowledge, just with how everything was very peaceful um, and calming at the time. But obviously, I knew this was very, very severe, very, very wrong. And so as I lay there inhaling water, you know, I'm just not sure what's going to happen next, what's going on. And then all of a sudden, I got pulled completely up from my back to my front, uh, took a huge gasp of air, realized that Tony had jumped in and pulled my body up. Um, he then pulled me on the dock. And of course, you know, with every 20 year olds, everyone's saying, you know, stop complaining, quit, quit joking around, mm -hmm. stop, stop lying. You can move, get up. Um, so right away they realized something was pretty severe, called the ambulance. Um, I was actually driven in an ambulance for a little while, but then I was flown to North Memorial. Uh, my mom was actually at my cabin, so she had a terrifying drive of about <sighs> three hours to go. Um, hearing about that, but I remember seeing my dad right as I got to the hospital. He was there waiting, and all I did was I was crying my eyes out, telling him how how sorry I was, mm. um, just because I knew something was very wrong, um, and you know, I just I thought I'd let everybody down, and so that night. Um, I was able to get in and get surgery. So what happened was I severed my C4, C5 vertebrae in my neck, but I also did some damage on my C1, which is the top ring uh, vertebrae on your neck. And so they went in there and they fused me together from C4 to C5. But with that, they put me on a ventilator. And so after that first surgery night, I was on a ventilator, couldn't move any part of my arms, um, couldn't talk. I was able to blink my eyes and then make a clicking sound on my mouth to a board uh, to communicate for the next five, six days. Um, so you can imagine not really knowing what's going on. I was pretty heavily medicated, but um, the toughest part was, you know, the, the amount of people that came and supported me throughout this coming to the hospital, coming to say, Hey, I mean, I had lines of people wanting to say, Hey, wow. it just was, it was so hard for me to realize like I would get up and they'd come in and people would start crying, you know, saying, you know, you look great. You look, and I knew they were just lying. Right. <laughs> I'm laying there thinking like, yeah, you're such a liar. You know what I mean? Just being <laughs> like, I know you're being nice. You're my friends, but yep. they know it was bad. So it just got really hard because I couldn't talk to them. You know, they just lay there and uh, be able to try and have conversations with me. And I love that they were there, but at the same time, I just, I hated it. I couldn't, I would just fall after they'd leave and there were days that I didn't want to see people. Um, so it just got, it got really hard. And that was, that was kind of the realization of, you know, this is, this is the, this is the real deal. Um, this is what's going to happen. And so, you know, then it kind of shifts to, am I going to just let this be me 
or what are we going to do from here? Because you don't really have a lot of options at this point, right? I could yeah. lay down, I could stay on this ventilator, let this thing basically breathe for me. I could lose all of my own, uh, you know, ability to communicate, ability to talk for myself. And so what we found was there was a hospital that basically um, specializes in getting people off the ventilator. So that was the first thing, right? I want to get off this ventilator. I want to be able to talk again. I want to be able to communicate. Even if I can't move anything, I want to at least have conversations. Um, I want to be able to speak for myself. And they came in and I had to do some testing with my lungs uh, just before they could accept me to make sure I would be a good fit. And I I passed with flying colors, which is fantastic. Uh, You know, I was a very healthy kid, right? I was 20 years old on the hockey team. Um, I like to think that my diaphragm was really strong from all those times in the carpool karaoke and (laughs) showers. So I had a very strong diaphragm and breathing. And so thankfully I was able to be admitted into Craig out in Colorado uh, where they did, I think Christopher Reeves, they do all the, you know, Olympians kind of go there um, to do their rehabs if they get seriously hurt. And I got off the ventilator. Like I did this trial uh, where I worked with some of the best people that I know off getting off the ventilator and I got off in like record time. It was so amazing wow. to get off that thing. And then the problem was, as I'm working on my ventilator and getting off, um, they found that, you know, how I mentioned in my initial dive, yep. the C1 was injured. Yeah. They found in just a random CAT scan that that top C1 was actually separating as we go so my head was shrinking into my spine wow and so i had to do an emergency surgery where they basically have to fuse from my c1 all the way down to my c5 so i had to go back in and this is like barbaric type stuff so i cannot imagine i i here i am out there finding out i'm getting off the vent like I, all these things are positive and now they tell me that i got to go in for another massive surgery but the worst part is they got to put this thing called a halo on um, oh. before I get my surgery to make sure that everything is stable. And I have been growing pretty immune to pain meds by this time because we're talking now we're talking probably about a month, month and a half in after my injury. Yep. So, I mean, my pain meds, I'm, I'm taking quite a bit of pills and I get on this and they can only give me a certain amount. I have to stay awake for the surgery. Not sure why um, to put the halo on. Wow. But I remember vividly being like, they they marked my head with like a marker and iodine and they're like, can you feel this? And I was like, yes, yes, I can. And they're like, well, we have to do this now or not. And so basically three people went in there and the four spots of your skull, there's two on the front and then two kind of above your ears. Yep. And they hand crank screws about a quarter inch into your skull. And all I remember is that grinding sound of nails in my skull and like the, the amount of pain, but I couldn't scream. I didn't have a voice or anything. So I was just bawling my eyes out as they twist these things in. And I remember that being like the most painful and most torturous thing I've ever had in my life. And so at this point now I'm, I'm pretty low um, having to keep this thing on. And, you know, it's massive. I, I yeah. think I have a picture on my Instagram of yeah. it. It's, it's huge, and it's got, like, fur on it. Um, <laughs> it's just crazy. Not good for, you know, warm temperatures or anything like that. <laughs> but 
thankfully I only had to have it on for not as long as they thought because I had my second surgery and it went so well that they removed it. So that was great, you know, and then that really limited my chance for rehab to be able to start moving or, or seeing what I can get back. So I actually flew home from Colorado. Now, fast forward, I was injured in July, um, a week after the 4th of July. And I got home a week before Thanksgiving, but I still flew home in a neck brace because of that second surgery. So I went from having a tiny little slit in the front of my throat where they went through to do the surgery the first time to now I had 37 staples up the back of my neck. Oh so it's pretty, pretty gnarly back there. Um, but, you know, I was able to get home. Everything was successful. And so, you know, fast forward to getting home, um, I was able to, you know, we remodified the house that I'm in today. Um, you know, my parents did a phenomenal job with the help they got. And basically, I have my own area of the house. So we like to think that we live independently, but also in the same house together if we want. Yeah. And anybody that's been over here can tell you, you know, it's it's great because I have my own area. They've got their own area. And then we have obviously common areas. But I got a chance to come home, finally got off the neck brace. And then it was, you know, kick it into gear, found some muscles that work within my arms and just attack, attack, attack. And, you know, the athlete in me, the drive mm-hmm. in me wanted to pursue and get as strong as I possibly could. So, you know, during the time of this, I got home and started doing as much rehab as I possibly could. And then, you know, it comes in the back of my mind. I had a, uh, my advisor at Gustavus was like phenomenal. He's like, Hey, do you want to get your degree from Gustavus? Cause we'd love to have you be a graduate with us still, even though everything that happened. So, you know, at this time I'm doing rehab three, four times a week. Um, I was doing some online classes and then I was driving down to Gustavus three times a week as well, um, just for being able to take classes sitting through. And so I ended up graduating from Gustavus, I think only a year and a half um, after the graduating class was. So uh, got that. And like I said, I'm pairing this with working out, getting to as much as I can, doing as everything that I can. But, you know, then the realization hits is like, you got to go on. Like I, I get working out is fantastic and it always will be, but you know, they taught us a lot of things when I was injured, just talking about, you know, just living a life and going out and doing things is going to be an absolute workout for me, which yeah. it is. I mean, um, I don't have the use of my fingers. Uh, my hands are kind of basically my fingers kind of tighten in a little bit. And so how I use my phone is I touch with my pinky on the outside um, and I've just been doing that for 13 years and got yeah. really good at it. And now we've got, you know, technology has been fantastic about voice to text, um, getting a chance to go through there. So, you know, as we transition through, um, you know, I'm, I'm working out as much as I can, getting back muscle, um, doing everything that I can. Kind of was like, okay, what are we going to do now? Mm. And that's when I, I got into the real world and started applying for jobs and moving through and uh, you know, that's kind of fast forward. It was, it was really kind of a funny story. I went to a company that my mom had heard of and they specifically hire recent college graduates and find them jobs. Yeah. And, and this was a great story. So I go in there and I know a few people that work there and I interview and I'm like, okay, this is going to be a long shot. I don't, I don't know what I can do. I don't know. You know, I don't have anything here, adaptability equipment. I just went in there and interviewed 
And I remember after the second interview, I got a call back and they're like, oh, we're so excited. We want you to work. Yeah, it's going to be great. Now I remember leaving, being super excited. And I came home and my parents were like, great, you know, who are you going to be working for? And I was like, I have no idea. <laughs> I was just so excited to take the job. I was like, oh, this is fantastic. I didn't know if they wanted me to go apply for a different company because that's typically how it works. Yeah. But they wanted to hire me internally for their sales team. And so I remember being like having to call back and be like, I'm so excited. What is this job? Like, who, <laughs> who am I going to be working for? Just like point me in the right direction. We're going to get this done. Um, it was really funny, though. That's so freaking awesome. <laughs> right. I just was so excited. I was like, I can do this. And, you know, I kind of have that mentality of if anybody gives me a shot you know i'm gonna make it worth their while uh, because you know a lot of people will look at me and obviously not think that you know probably underestimate a lot of things that i can mm -hmm. still do um so that's just one of the big things i worked there for about four and a half years and then transitioned to the job that i have now uh, where i've been working here for coming up on six years and 2019 on a sales floor around, you know, 130, 150 reps. Um, I made the EPC trip, the elite performance trip, and I also finished the top percentage to quota out of everybody on the sales floor. So, Damn. Yeah, doing big things. And I, I probably would have made it last year, but had a few hiccups with my health. But Yeah. No, I, I know that's very long-winded. No, that is not. It is, I mean, how do you encapsulate 13 years of, of that? I think that it's, that's incredible. And as I'm sitting here thinking about, you know, your story and all of this, and I'm sure, you know, this could be a hours and hours and hours long to share the ups and the downs and everything that you've gone through. But, you know, Brendan, what comes to my mind when I hear you speaking is the word grit. And it's something that we hear that all the time, like Angela Duckworth wrote a whole book on it, but like you are the epitome of grit. Like you are the epitome of getting dealt what people, you know, like the, the un completely unfortunate, the worst hand someone would say. And instead of completely being a victim to your circumstances, you're going to dig into that grit and, and do whatever is it takes to continue to move forward and not only move forward, um, but, but make a good life. Like, and it's funny when you said the athlete thing, because as you were speaking, I'm like, oh, this, this is an athlete. Like, this is someone with that grit mindset of like, I'm going to push hard and I'm going to find a way. And I just think it's absolutely incredible. Um, oh, thank you. I will yeah. say too, I mean, I attribute a lot of it to how I was raised, you know, mm -hmm. first and foremost, my parents, uh, grandparents, family, I've got a phenomenal support cast. Uh, you know, I've been reading a lot of things that really talk about it's rare for someone to do something by themselves and become extremely successful yep. in whatever it is, whether it's, you know, money or just health or whatever. It really takes an army. Um, and I'll be I'll be true to that. People say, yeah. you know, that I'm their inspiration and, and I get a chance to really help them out when they're having tough days. And that's fantastic. But being able to be that is kind of pushing me to continue to do what I do as well. So it's really it's really a two pronged thing and a two way street. Uh, you know, that that's a, a really big thing for me, too, is I, I continue on to prove, you know, doctors told me that um, there's a good chance I'll never move anything. You know, it's always nice to kind of prove people wrong when they are telling mm -hmm. you you can't do something. You know, it just feels a little bit sweeter when you do get that chance to be like, ha, huh, you know, you never you told me I'd never do this and now I'm doing this. Uh, but then to really see where else you can go with it. 
So not just accomplishing one, you kind of get that hunger for, well, what else can I do? Mm-hmm. And, and that's kind of where I'm getting at with my life here as I continue to age and, and grow through. But, you know, the, the thing you, you talked about with grit too, mm-hmm. and I think, I think this happens with everybody. And the thing that I've learned over the years is, you know, everybody's going through something. They're always going to be having ups and downs. Um, and what I've really, really gotten to is not comparing those because um, obviously my situation is a lot different than someone's, but the, the, the impact that it may hold to them is equivalent to something that may hold to me in mm-hmm. my situation. Um, it took me a while to do that, but that's, that's one of the biggest ways that I can kind of relate with certain people and not try and be like, Oh, you think your life is bad. Well, how about mine? You know, it's just, yeah. it's not a game of who and woe is me. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's something to remember. And then the biggest thing too that I've, I've found is there were days early where I chose, you know, there may be the day that I was like, I just don't want to do anything today. Like early, early, early on. And I realized that it doesn't get you anywhere. It gets mm-hmm. you nowhere. So you're not even taking a risk or a chance on going out or doing anything. You're not even having the chance for success by turning everything down. Right. Yeah. So by saying, I'm not going to do anything today, you have 0% of anything good happening to you. And so really just turning the page and being like, I don't want to get up today, but let's get up, see what happens. I mean, there are certain times where I felt really sick, not sure. I mean, we're talking like flip of a coin if I wanted to go do this thing. And it's been one of the funnest times of my life. So Mm. if I can encourage people, one of the biggest things when you're kind of iffy on going out and you'd rather stay in or taking this or trying to reach for something, whatever it is, just go for it. I mean, life's way too short. Uh, you don't want to have regrets, not saying that you would, but uh, the biggest thing for me is those days where you choose to not do anything, you're really just missing out. Um, and you're giving yourself 0% chance on, on any sort of positivity and things that come your way. Mm. Okay. I'm just sitting here and we got to talk about your mindset because I know you, you can attribute this, of course, like to your parents and your grandparents and you, you touched on community and all of that, but the thing about it, Brendan, when I hear you speak about this is like, I just feel like a lot of people, especially in the last few years, right? We've been hit with COVID, political unrest, economic hardships. Like we're hearing everyone talk about the economy and like, you know, people look at these chips that are stacked against them and, you know, depression and anxiety, these are real things, right? And they're real things that, you know, everyone struggles with and, you know, you can't compare your circumstances and whatnot, but like, but like how Brendan, like, you know, I, I just, I think so many people choose to stay stuck and they don't even know that they're doing it. And it's just like, I don't even know if you can explain the how of your mindset, but it's like, how, how do you just keep going forward? Like, I just think it's incredible. Yeah. And it's, it's tough, right? It's hard to put in words. And I've tried multiple times, but at a, you know, early on with my injury, realizing that I can't physically go out and do things right. So I can't just go work out to relax my mind. I can work mm-hmm. out and right. It's, it's just extremely different. I need a lot of help to do it. A lot of, a lot of things that I, I love working out. I still do love working out, but it's not something where I can say, okay, I need to just go for a run, uh, throw on my running shorts and mm-hmm. say, I'm going to clear my head here. I'm going to go do this. Now, you know, I found different avenues. I, I love books on tape. I love music is a huge thing for me. I think music is super uh, powerful, whether you want to, you know, change your attitude from being extremely excited, pumped up to something a little bit more calming, or if you just want to get in your feels, turn on, yeah. you know, some of those sadder songs, like 
yep. go for it. And it has the ability to be super powerful, but when you allow your mindset to really expand and, you know, one of the bigger things for me after I was injured and started going through things in life, which, which happened before. And I think this is what you're referring to is people go through these, right? Mm -hmm. So if I have a presentation for work, right. And I'm getting, you know, worked up because I'm thinking about every which way this could go wrong, just the type of person that I am. And so, you know, I'm prepping, I'm going through it. I'm looking at it, you know, I'm starting to get a little bit nervous for it because, you know, we've got big shots, CEOs, whatever going in there. I will then finally just literally take a deep breath, take a step back and be like, I just went through the most ridiculous injury that I have. I'm breathing on my own. Like this is a job and this is a presentation of something that, you know, may or may not be that important and it's so minuscule in the game of life mm-hmm. of these certain things that I think people put so high up on their anxiety that I wish that they could just understand like oh traffic's going to be brutal it's going to be snowing it's like we'll get there we're going to go nice and slow I don't care if cars pass me I'm going to stay in the right lane do my thing <laughs> yep. turn on some music like if you could just release that anxiety a little bit more and start you know honing in on bigger pictures and understanding that all these little things, because they do, they just pile up. You've got one thing, then you've got another, you got another thing, you got another thing, and it just continues to just bury us into all these different mindsets of like, I'm not going to sleep tonight because I've got a thousand things on my mind to really understanding that life is so much bigger than this. And it's so much bigger to just be like, Hey, we're going to do our best. We're going to prep. We're going to do everything that we can to make sure this is a good outcome. But that, that's all we can do. And, you know, we need to stop worrying about all this other certain things. Mm-hmm. And that, that's kind of, and I, I'd love to read more about how it works and how to get in that mentality. But I've always been, you know, kind of big on one of the friends I've met through my, my newest job over the last five years is really big on, you know, strong mind, strong body, mm-hmm. uh, going through that. And then always kind of putting out good vibes in the world, almost like a karma thing. Uh, yeah. You know, send good vibes out, get good vibes back. And so that that's really my philosophy on how to keep a clean mind and how I do it. Now, obviously mine is a little bit different. Again, people can utilize things. And the other thing is, I think we get caught up in not seeing, you know, everything is instant gratification nowadays. Yeah. And we want to say, okay, you're going to diet, right? I'm going to go on a diet. If I haven't lost 10 pounds in the first two days, what the hell is this diet doing for me, right? It's like, it doesn't work like that. You've got to look at start to finish, uh, but really look at more so longevity, right? So mm. if you would have told me that when I was 16, this would have happened to me. I would have said, that's terrible. But obviously the mindset, the vocabulary that I've learned and, and being able to publicly speak and go through things like there's just so much that I've improved on, even since I was first injured to where I am now, you know, I may say, well, I'm still paralyzed. I don't have a whole lot more arm movement than I did, but, you know, going through all the certain situations, I know so many more things and I've grown so much as a person, uh, to reflect on all the good that you actually have accomplished. And again, mine being pretty easy because of the milestones that I've gone through, but I think that most people can relate to that, Mm -hmm. whether, you know, whether it's having children, getting married, certain things, everybody's got lows in their lives and, and high points. And I think if we we reflect more on the wins than we do the losses. I think it tends to have more positive outlook and positive 
positive vibes, we'll say moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. It's like your relationship with gratitude, I feel like is because we always hear about gratitude and stuff like that. But it's like, I just feel like, like you've, you've literally been on like that brink of like, you know, a terrible situation. And it's like, it sounds like you just find the gratitude in the little things. And when you do that, they all stack up and you realize like, oh shit, like it's a freaking miracle. It's a miracle that we're all here. Right. Like on this earth, it's, it's, it's not an accident that we're here. And so I just think it's such a great reminder for myself and the listeners where, um, I think it's something like, I don't know if you've ever heard this before, Brendan, it's like the five like the rule of five, where it's like, if in five minutes or, or five days, it doesn't matter to you. Like it doesn't really matter. So why are you stressing over it? You know? And it's like, but man, we get so twisted up and this asshole cut me off when I was driving or I'm late to the meeting. And it's like in five days, is that really going to matter? No. And I I think that's a, a great perspective shift for all of us to have just you know, life is a gift and, and what are you going to do with it? Are you going to stay stuck or are you going to move, move forward? Cause I love what you said about like, if you don't do anything, nothing changes, right? Like on those really hard first days, if you didn't want to go up and make that effort to do your workouts or whatnot, it's like, well, nothing changes, but it's, um, that's the the thing too. I mean, like just going through with it, it's like, yes, I still get upset. Like I'm not this perfect person. I'm definitely going to be swearing. Yeah. Like, of course it happens, but it's more so not like I'm going to go drive after this car just yeah. to make sure that I can look in their window and flip them the bird. Yeah. Like, let's, let's get real. I mean, we're still going to get upset about certain things, but again, it's, it's, and, and two, it's, it's the choice that we have, right? Mm-hmm. So these thoughts that come in our head, they're always going to be there. Like I have, I've got three nephews that are, you know, younger, they're all in hockey. They live not too far away. Like, I would kill to be able to have skated with them, you know, play hockey with them, play sports with them, teach them certain things, you know, tie their shoes and and do like all these little things. And if I continue to think about all the things that I can't do, like that piles up so fast for someone in my situation, because Mm -hmm. I mean, you just look at every aspect of my life. I need help with, like I need assistance with everything that I do, but you know, choosing, like you said, to pull these little wins out is really what keeps me going because they do start to pile up. It's like, oh, I can do this for myself if I do it this way, if I do it this way. So that's, that's the mentality. And, and yes, those, those, those bad thoughts are always going to be there, mm-hmm. but if we can choose to, you know, focus on the good, that's again, kind of been the mindset that I have for these last 13 years. And, and like I said, it's overall been really positive for me. So, yeah, dude, that is that's such a good perspective. I love that. I love that so much. And I'm sure you're still like the coolest uncle ever. And plus you can teach them all like you, they're going to be like the best hockey players. Cause you'll be like, well, let me tell you first, I can tell you my skills when I was playing hockey. And let me tell you some really amazing mindset shifts. So I mean, oh, yeah. still the coolest and, uncle and ever. I got, to, I got to buy him drum sets and guitars and stuff. So Definitely still got to be that that fun oh. uncle that keeps the parents up all the time. Definitely. I love that. I'm going to be an aunt here soon in uh, March. I'm, I already have my daughter, but I'm like, oh, I'm really excited to like be the one that gets to like be around the kid, but then not also like, you know, when they cry, you can you can pass them off. So oh, that's yeah. I'm excited yeah. to, to well, enter yeah. that myself here soon. It's um, the best. I just pump them full of sugar when they're over here. So. And then That's they so don't have to deal with the repercussions. Then you're like, bye, have a great day. Yeah, have a great time with uh, 
your mom and dad. That is so good. Um, okay. So we've kind of covered your past. I want to talk about what's, what's next for you because, um, you know, we were talking about this 34 years old, you got a lot of life ahead of you. You've accomplished some incredible things. Um, like what, what do you hope for your future and not even hope, what are you working towards? And whether that be, you know, career aspiration, relationships, advocacy work, I feel like, like what are the dreams that keep you up at night that you're like, Oh, yeah. dude, I, I got to work for this. No, I, I love it. I love being in the forefront of it too. And so I, I love being able to tell my story. Um, I, if it helps someone fantastic, um, what I want to do is really try to bridge that disconnect between somebody that's paralyzed like myself versus, uh, you know, everybody that has able bodied. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the funny things to me is like, I'll still go out sometimes and the person that's with me will get asked by someone like if it's okay if if I have this or if they talk to me and like it, there's just a big big disconnect between you know what is true and what is not and, and so I would love to be able to just kind of explain and show videos and I am working on trying to get my own podcast it's been yeah. a little bit more difficult than I'd like just again, no hands and technology is yep. not a good combination here. So, yeah. um, but I'd love to be in the forefront of that and be able to talk. I know there's a few people that I follow that are out there doing it and they seem like they love it. And I could just add a new aspect to it. Uh, you know, in my current career right now, uh, you know, I'm still, still thriving in sales. Um, obviously I'd love to move into more of a, a people role. I'd love to do speaking and, and be able to get out there with my podcast and make that a real, you know, a yeah. reality as well. And I just think I have so much to say and be able to just talk about everyday life. Cause the, like you said, I, I gave a nice synopsis of 13 years, but there's so many stories and so many ups and downs and, and things that are intertwined in there. And so, uh, you know, I, I'd like to travel a little bit more. That's a whole another, another thing is just the traveling of somebody in a wheelchair uh, just to let you know, Basically, the format of that is I drive my chair to the airport. I go there half hour early to my loading area. Uh, then they put a tag on my chair. Yep. I drive it down the, the basically the runway or the, the hallway. And then I have to get transferred from this chair to an aisle chair, which is just tiny that fits to the aisle. And then I get put into my seat from that aisle chair. Uh, but then they take my chair and there's horror stories. They don't really treat them too well, but yes. these, are, these are like $30,000 chairs and there are livelihoods and it's just getting more and more about them just getting like dismantled in planes yeah. and stuff. And so, um, basically go from there and then I wait till everybody's off the plane until my chair gets brought up and then I got to go aisle chair back. It's just, uh, it's a really complex thing that makes traveling extremely difficult. And I know that's one of the forefronts right now for people that travel in wheelchairs. Um, but with that, I, I'd still like to travel. You know, this year, I'd like to get a front of doing a little bit more of my own, like I said, my my podcast and, and moving forward and continuing to grow relationships. I, I love meeting new people. I love picking brains, getting in really deep conversations. Um, you know, that that's the stuff that keeps me going. And so big sports fan, you know, I, I love Minnesota teams, unfortunately. <laughs> um, just kind of first with that living in Minnesota. So uh, I'm always either at games or we're watching here at home and, and hanging with friends. Like you said, it's, it's been great. And it's been a really good mix of friends that I've known, you know, one of my best friends, Tony, the one that pulled me yeah. out of the water. He's been my best friend since second grade. And 
he actually just bought a house in my neighborhood. So uh, the amount of, amount of times we're going to continue seeing each other is unlimited now. And um, it's just, it's been great and it's going to continue to be great. And, uh, you know, I want to continue, you know, meeting people from the podcast. If you want to follow yes. me and talk to me, like I said, I'm, I'm more than happy to talk and, and be able to move forward. But that's just kind of what I, I've got really big aspirations for this year to be a year that, um, cause like you said, COVID, I got COVID right away and it, it really knocked me down. Yeah. Um, and then my health has been kind of wishy-washy for the last two years, just with certain things popping up. But uh, I'm making this year going to be uh, putting a stand on it to make sure that, uh, you know, I'm doing everything for my health first and foremost, but then really just attacking life rather than, you know, letting it just kind of pass by. Mm. Dude, I'm so excited to watch this all unfold because you're freaking unstoppable. And it's like, you're, you're just the example of like, sky's the limit. You're going to put your mind to it. Like let's, let's find a way. Um, I want to ask this real quick because I think it's something that I've never even probably thought about being an able-bodied person, but like, what do you wish people knew? Like, and maybe that's like too loaded, loaded of a question, but I feel like it is something, you know, like I don't think about when I go to target, I just walk into target and you've obviously lived life on both ends of that. Like, is there anything like that you just wish people like knew if that makes yeah, sense? I think that, no, it is. And it's tough to, you know, it is a, it's a tough question. Yeah, loaded, but... knew, um, like, I don't, I don't want the sympathy. I understand yeah. that it's going to always be there. Yep. Um, and it's, it's, it's okay. Right. Like I just, I personally, it's, it's fantastic and we can start a conversation with it, but, um, I'm, I'm just like everyone else. I'm in a chair. Uh, I don't really want to be treated a whole lot differently because of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know other people may have different mindsets for that. Right. Yeah. Um, but that's the biggest thing is just, I want people to understand how to basically approach and have a conversation with somebody that's in a chair. Um, and I know that could be difficult, but that's, that's really what I wanted to do moving forward is kind of help. You know, I, I, I've got this, one of my podcasts is just really like funny stories and crazy stories. Yeah. And I remember the first time I was injured, I went up to my cabin, we went to this, you know, thrift store up in Grand Rapids. Right. And there was, I had to have been like 15 or 16 working the register. And I like drove through the line. She's like, Oh, I'm sorry. What happened? And I told her, and she's like, how long are you in the wheelchair? And I was like, I think for the rest of my life. She's like, oh, that's super shitty. I'm sorry. That sucks. And I was like, yeah, it does suck. You know what I mean? And I'm just yeah. like, this this probably could have been a better conversation. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I'm not going to fault, you know, someone like that. And yep. I love yeah. the brutal honesty of it, too. Like, yeah. me, is that it's like, yeah, you know, it does suck. But, you know, we're here. We're enjoying yep. it. Yep. So, I, I guess to your question, just, uh, you know, not be afraid to go talk to someone if you want to, yeah. uh, don't be super timid about it. Um, uh, you know, I, like I said, I'm always more happy if someone comes up to me and they're just like, Hey, you know, uh, you know, and asking about how they got injured right away may not be the best bet too, yeah. Yeah. but, um, I, I don't know. That's a tough one. I may have to think and get back. Yeah, to no, I, first. I would love if you did. Cause I just, you know, that's something that's important to me too. It's like giving people who have, you know, different lives and platforms and all that to, to speak on that. If there's, you know, advocacy work to be done. Cause I think it's one of those things where nothing changes if nothing changes. Right. And so I think it's a, it's a collective energy. So yes, if you think of something, let me know. <laughs> we, we can always do a little follow-up or whatever. No, 
That's I think true. it's. And, and I think if I, you know, when I was in my early 20s, I'd be out at a bar socializing, drinking probably more yeah. than I should have. Like, I'm definitely an outgoing person. So yeah. having someone come up to me and talk to me, it seems okay. I guess yeah. I would just say read the room. If there's yeah. someone that's very quiet and not talking, I don't think the best bet would yeah. be to go talk to him or her. But um, if they're out having fun with a good group, I think it's fine to go if you want to talk to him, go talk to him, him or her, and uh, just don't be scared just because they're in a chair. Yeah. And then we turned 30 and we realized, oh, wait, maybe I don't want to go out as much. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love if I'm out past midnight, it is a terrible decision that has ruined my next day. <laughs> no, now I'm it's like the next three days. Let's be honest. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, then I, you know, they've got these liquid IVs and they yeah. say they're all good. And it's like, I do not recover this way anymore. <laughs> and not, I mean, I, I'm still all about trying to get to a sauna and I'm actually trying to work on getting a sauna at Ooh. our house. I've been reading all the health benefits, but yeah. um, also hangovers. I mean, we all remember college. And yes. First thing you'd see everybody Sunday morning, Friday morning, whatever it may be, is just a packed sauna. So, uh, you know, we've, we've really matured over the years, right? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, doesn't matter who you are. Once you hit 30, things are just I think, different. <laughs> I think the drinks are just more classy now. Yeah, exactly. We're just, we just know what to order now instead yeah. of rail anything. So. We don't need 14 natty ices to have a fun oh. time. <laughs> just, yeah. you know, just one cocktail will do it. Yeah. Just give me three Manhattans. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Oh my gosh. Yeah, exactly. We're so mature. Um, exactly. Okay. Brendan, I, I'm curious, and this is, we'll kind of start to wrap up here, but when you're like, you know, 90 years old and you look back at your life and you look back at the things you've accomplished, the highs, the lows, the comebacks, the setbacks, everything, um, you know, and your family sitting around you, your friends, whoever, and they're, you know, you're reminiscing on life. What do you hope that your legacy is that you leave? Uh, I want to make sure that people know, you know, that I, I, first of all, that I never gave up. I mm -hmm. gave it everything that I could and I've got that tattooed on me and, you know, I look down at it and it's, it really brings me back to the injury itself, um, kind of humbling, just seeing, like I said, where I am, um, looking at that, I want to make sure that, you know, I go out knowing that I had a positive impact. And I know that a lot of people say that I'm their inspiration. It's fantastic. I love hearing that. Um, and I love being able to, to reach out and help out as much as I can, even for the quiet people that won't ever tell me that I am, mm -hmm. um, just knowing that I can. And I guess my biggest thing is I want to be able to reach as many people as possible, and, you know, maybe on that final day that I do go, uh, being able to fully see the amount of outreach that I have would be pretty mm. fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're building that day by day. You're definitely showing that. And it's, it's freaking incredible. And I'm, I'm so honored that this is your first podcast and I'm, I'm excited for my audience to connect with you. So, um, is there anything else you want to leave, um, leave the audience with here, Brendan, before we wrap up here? No, um, that's it. Like I said, it's my first one. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for for hosting it for me and showing me the ropes here. So, uh, no, hopefully I get a chance to connect with, you know, yourself and continue yeah. to keep on the wave. Like I said, I'll be reaching out to you about my podcast and yes. getting that rolling hopefully soon, um, getting a chance to speak. But if you ever see me out in public, I'd love to say hello. Um, like I said, I'm very conversationalist and very outgoing, more so than an introvert. So I yes. love, I love meeting people and talking to them. Same, same over here. Um, in the meantime, I know the podcast isn't quite ready to go yet and stuff, but where can people connect with you on social media if they do want to link up? 
Yeah. So Instagram, it's private. Just shoot over a request. Yep. Um, otherwise, my Facebook, it's just my name, B-R-E-N-D-A-N. And last name is L-O-N-E-Y. And then my Instagram handle is just B-R-L-O-N-E-Y. Okay. Um, just to do that for now, that's the yeah. best way. Um, and like I said, as I get things rolling, I'll be able to kind of update on my Instagram and, and everything yeah. as I'm doing in life. But I try and post when I can. I'm not great at it on the old Instagram, but um, it's going to be a year where I start posting quite a bit more. So hopefully yeah. people will uh, want to follow along. Well, 2023 is about to be your freaking year. So you got to document it. Hello. Exactly. Exactly. The rest <laughs> and, of the, if you didn't take a picture, it didn't happen. Exactly. And you know what? When you get this, your podcast launched, we'll have to reconnect and get you back on. And you can kind of give an overview of, I know you've, you've been recording and you've got a lot of cool things in the works with it. So um, I know the listeners will be excited to, to pop over there and subscribe and all that good stuff. But um, thank you so much for hanging out with me today and sharing your story. I, I really got a lot from this conversation and um I'm just, I'm freaking excited to see where you're headed next too. So thanks for being here. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you again for having me. And, uh, you know, I'm really excited at the opportunity for, for having me on and we will definitely be in touch here and be able to reconnect soon. Awesome. All right, guys, we'll see you next week on the Kate take. Bye. 